This is Next Stop Now, a show about experiments in repurposing life, with stories of people who have changed their lives to change the world. I'm Jason Angel. Next Stop Now is a production of the Ecological Citizens Project. I'm one of the co-founders. This podcast gives us a chance to learn about the ways different people are pioneering a better future right now by changing the ways they live and work. And let's admit it, there's a lot about the way most of us work these days that's a real drag. Even as large corporations rake in historic profits, most Americans are stressed, keeping up with bills and trying to balance their personal life in workplaces that mostly take and take and take. Is it Friday yet? There's got to be a better way. That's when I became more interested in worker cooperatives. The main difference between worker co-ops and conventional business structures are that worker co-ops are owned by the employees. Members share in profits when things are going well, losses when they're not, and have a say over decisions that really affect their lives. In a worker co-op, everyone's the boss. Today, over 15 million Americans work in workplaces that provide some form of employee ownership. And research reveals that their lives are better for it. Employee owners have nearly double the wealth of non-employee owners and are much more likely to have access to work benefits like flexible work schedules, retirement plans, parental leave, tuition reimbursement, and child care benefits. Things change a lot when people are given a voice at work. Can the answer be as kindergarten simple as learning to share more with others? And if a business owner does decide to share more, what do they get back in return? I wanted to find out, and that's how I ended up at Earth Designs Cooperative in Rosendale, New York. It's a frigid day outside. Nothing green is growing yet, and people who work outdoors are forced to slow down. The perfect time to sit down with the founder of a worker-owned landscape design company. My name is Asia Hudson, and I am the original founding member of Earth Designs Cooperative, located in Rosendale, New York. Um, We're a worker-owned cooperative. I transitioned my company from uh, sole proprietorship about five years ago into this model. Excited to share all the work that we're doing with the community at large. I grew up in Accord, actually, which is not too far from here. grandfather was a farmer. He was farming this valley for sweet corn and potatoes, like from the time that he was little. That's what his family did. So I grew up from like five years old working in the fields, mm. and it was, you know, at the time, pretty traumatic, I would say. Like, I remember having prickly heat all over my body from like being in like tomato patches like picking tomatoes and like you know young skin tomatoes is kind of an interesting combination and being given like a five gallon pail and being asked to pick like fill it up with beans Mm -hmm. you know um so that's kind of like where it really started for me um and I at that point I never thought I'm gonna grow up and like work in this industry I was just like okay my grandparents do a lot for me and I have to like help I had a my best friend from the time I knew I that I was three years old. Um, her mom had a landscaping company and I spent a lot of time at her house and her house was just like magic to me. So I was sort of like 
just in awe of like the work that she did with, you know, perennials and shrubs and, you know, just like the way that that made me feel. I felt like there were like fairies like living, you know, in all the nooks and crannies. Um, so when I was 13, I started actually working for her in the summers and um, I also did a bunch of work in greenhouses. And then people sort of started asking me to like do some side projects. So I like took one job on and then I took another job on and I kind of decreased working for my friend's mom and just taking on my own stuff. And then I got pregnant mm -hmm. um, shortly after that with my daughter. Her father and I split up when she was three and I was like, okay, I've got this like situation where I got to take care of this kid and figure out what I'm doing. And so I, um, you know, picked up with my you know the landscaping business on my own and mm -hmm. to be able to like support us and i shortly after that found out that i had cervical cancer oh, yeah. and luckily i had caught it early enough that the only treatment was that i had to have um a radical hysterectomy so i had mm -hmm. to have my uterus removed mm -hmm. and all the tissue around yeah. it um and that you know, it was obviously very hard, um, but it did just make me really aware of how precious life was in this way that was a, truly a gift. You know, the sky was bluer, the clouds were fluffier, and I felt elated to be alive. Upon healing from that, you know, I really took my life into my own hands in a, in a different way than I had ever had the tools to do before. You know, I spent the next few years really like the business just thrived, like mm -hmm. to the point that it was kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. Like I just, it just kept doing better and better. And I was working more and more um, to the point where I would start to get sick I would get mm -hmm. sick every fall I would have been mm -hmm. like a like adrenaline rush for the whole season like both working on site and you know managing the business um and then I would like have these like hiccups like when I would cut, stop moving so fast my body would like get sick and sometimes it was like a little thing and sometimes it was like a big thing but it was like every fall and then one year about maybe six years ago, I had um, a situation come up where I had another um, cancer scare. And at that moment, when I thought that I did have cancer again, or that um, perspective was really like present for me, I evaluated, you know, what was important in life and, you know, working the hours that I was working and um, it, it wasn't, it was not worth it. I ended up seeing a specialist and the specialist like basically was able to determine that, you know, what they were previously seeing as lesions was actually scar tissue. So, you know, I, you know, rested and then also really considered, you know, how I was going to move forward and at that at the time when I was getting sick I had this woman approach me um, who was like in her 70s and she had a landscaping company and she offered to give it to me and I laughed at her when she first did because I think at the time I had like 
close to 50 clients that I was managing. And so I, you know, kind of processed all of that and I had a meeting with all the people that were working for me at the time. And I think this was like January. So we weren't working, but we, we went and we had breakfast together and I was like, so, you know, and they had kind of known what was going on with my health. And I was like, so I have this crazy idea. I was like, let's take on this woman's business that she's like offering to us and let's turn this into a worker-owned co-op. So, you know, as a group, we basically decided to like jump off this cliff. At first I tried to figure out how to do it by myself and it's really complicated. And we ended up working with this um, uh, cooperative development institute, which helped us with our transition. But there was a lot of bylaws and personnel policies and a lot of things to be written. So we spent the first year um, really working as a group to figure out what we wanted the culture of this business to look like. And just like raising kids, like this company has like changed and its needs have changed, like both on a cultural and social level, like pretty drastically from that time when we started. But um, it's really incredible because since we converted to a worker-owned co-op, like the gross that the company makes has multiplied by five. Wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, so basically, you know, what it was before was, you know, me basically doing everything that made, you know, decisions for how the direction that the company moved in, how to deal with the finances, you know, any like cultural decisions were, you know, on me. And then, you know, the worker-owned cooperative is, it's interesting because it, in a lot of ways, it functions similarly, except for that it's this collective that owns it. So, you know, we, we do have a board, you know, financially, we engage in profit sharing, but that profit actually stays in the company for a few years. Um, any like major cultural decisions are made by all the owners. Most of the things that we do end up being unanimous because we meet a lot <laughs> and talk through any like differences that we have. You know, in a lot of ways I took, you know, big like pay cuts to make it happen, you know. By doing that, you know, and I, it wasn't that it made it so that I wasn't able to like still live comfortably, but it was different than owning the business myself. You know, there was this element of share, you know, of sharing. I've really watched the, the owners here like blossom. You know, a lot of them are younger than me to just watch them grow into these like beautiful versions of themselves and to feel like empowered. And it's been a really amazing process to watch. And there have been times when I was like, this was really hard and why did I do it? Um, but I'm taking a year sabbatical spread out over five years, you know, that starts this year. So like, that's pretty amazing for me, you know, to be able to like, be in the space and be supported in that way um, where I know I know that I need the space to do my own like my own healing you know both spiritually and physically you know and mentally um, and to be like held in that way would you have been able to do that you think if you didn't have this cooperative model no where you kind of brought them no way you know and you know there's just like if somebody has like a crisis in their life like we're able to show up for them you know the co-op is able to show up for them You know, if we come back to like this thought that like everything in the universe is one, 
how do I help myself the most? It's by helping you, you know? It's by like supporting you. It's by supporting the community that we live in. It's by supporting the earth that we, that we live on, you know? So, you know, how do we, how do we help ourselves the most? It's, it's by actually engaging in, in our community, you know? And I mean that like all the, you know, all of the community, all the living things, you know, that support us. That was Asia Hudson, founder of Earth Designs Cooperative in Rosendale, New York. Music from this episode is by Poddington Bear. This episode was produced by Isabel Angel with editorial help from Jocelyn Apicella. Next up now is a production of the Ecological Citizens Project, which grows citizen-led campaigns to build a more just, healthy, democratic, and sustainable way of life. Jocelyn and I are the co-founders of the ECP. You can learn more about our mission at ecologicalcitizens.org. And please check out past episodes of Next Stop Now on SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, a special thanks to Aaron, Colin, and Joe Lee of Earth Designs.